0: Good morning, morning. time to wake up, it's good to see all of you, it's a beautiful day today and I'm glad that you have made uh, today uh, worship a priority in your day and week, Uh, it's wonderful to be here again and to be back, we were traveling last weekend and uh, so it's good to be back home and back with you brethren And to uh, be in this house of prayer, this house of refuge, sometimes I see all of the things that are happening in our chaotic world, and the division, and the the hatred, and just the bad will that's out there, and it makes me crave to be with God's people, and to think on higher things, and so I thank you and I applaud you for making that a part of your week, and I hope that today will be a blessing to you, an encouragement to you and your faith, and that your walk will be stronger with the Lord. Thank you, Will, for doing a good job this morning. Our lesson text is from Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen, and I like the way that the King James renders it because it says it like this, where there is no vision, the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he the writer of proverbs says something very succinct he says when the people have no vision they perish if they can't see they perish and thinking about vision this morning and of course some of you may know we got back from disney disney world And uh, I'm happy to say that I'm not in more debt uh, because if you go to Disney World, you find out real quick that everything's overpriced and uh, it's expensive there. And I'm proud of my wife, I'm proud of my kid because I think we spent maybe a hundred bucks in two days at Disney. And so that's that's a miracle, isn't it? MJ's applauding. That's a miracle. So I, I, that's just evidence of miracles and that God is working. But, and, and the real reason that we went down there, a lot of times people think that you go down there for your kids, and, and that's a part of it. You know, I want my kid to experience that fun. But actually it was something that goes deeply in me, rooted in me. You know, I have my selfishness too. But I had to make good on Space Mountain. You see, I went to Disney World 32 years ago and I was too scared to ride that ride, that roller coaster, because it's in the dark. And so that trip for me was me making good on my manhood and finally riding that ride and sending a picture to my sisters who were there the original day that I chickened out. And uh, I finally made good on that. But one of the things that you notice at Disney World, and we're talking about vision, is that occasionally you will hear in the park from the the announcers and different things, they will say, This right here was Walt Disney's vision. This was his vision. And whether you're talking about this ride called the Carousel of Progress, whether you're talking about the Main Street USA, or whether you're talking about Cinderella's Castle, that was his vision. And guess what? It's there. It's there. That sometime in his life, he sat down and thought about it, and he had a vision in his mind, in his heart, that I want to create something. I want to make something. And it has materialized, and it's really there. And when you walk into that park, it's so surreal and unreal, but yet it is. And the amazing thing about it, the fascinating thing is, is that when he had this idea for this park, no one else was really buying into it. In fact, he said this, we did it in the knowledge that most people... That I talked to thought it would be a financial disaster closed and forgotten within the first year. And there I was walking down that main street looking at Cinderella's castle with my daughter smiling ear to ear. Because Disney had a vision, didn't he? Vision is what Christianity is all about. And if you are a Christian, God has given you, God is gifting you a vision that is beyond anything else. It is a life of vision to where you can taste and see and feel and know the goodness of God and the goodness of His plan and the goodness of His blessing there's a vision in that, isn't there? That because of Christ, because of His Word, because of His church, because of His truth, you can now clearly see what reality is really all about. Jesus was a visionary, wasn't he? That's why when He preached the gospel, He went around and He said something. He said this The kingdom of God is what? At hand. It's a vision. That it's God's kingdom, it's God's reign that's coming to earth through my ministry. He said it like this in Luke chapter 418 The Spirit is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. Does that sound like vision to you? That I am coming to this earth to give you sight, to give you vision, so you'll really know what life is all about. And the church is to bear that vision and to bear that light to the world. Paul said in Philippians 2.15, among whom, talking about the world, you shine as lights in the world. The job of the church is to be the light, to give vision to those who are blind. This is supposed to be a place of vision. Our lives are supposed to be lives of vision. God has given us a vision, number one, of what the world can be. Of what the world can be. It doesn't have to be like this, does it? We don't have to hate people. We don't have to be so divided. We don't have to be so ugly to people. We don't have to be like that. And that's the message of Christ. The world doesn't have to be like this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. doesn't have to be like this. We don't have to live our lives guided by selfishness. We don't have to live our lives like this, that we can make a difference and that there is hope and that there is a vision for the world that's real and true and good. And it's different than what the world gives us. It says, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Jesus said, abide in me and I and you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Abiding in Christ. There's a vision there, isn't there? Not only does Christ give us a vision of what the world can be, He gives us a vision of what the world will be. Not only what it can be, but eventually what it will be. Peter said it like this. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Let me tell you, one day it will be different. When Christ comes in His glory and His power and in His judgment, that crooked road will be made straight. That valley will be exalted and that mountain will be made low, and everything that he talked about will be realized. That's a vision, isn't it? That vision is grounded in the truth of his word. Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. It's grounded in the truth, it's revealed in faith. The way that we realize this vision and know this vision is through the eyes and perception and awareness of faith. Faith, it says, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what? Things not seen. You may not see it yet, but God's saying it's there. You can count on it. It's going to happen. For we walk by faith and not by sight. It's grounded in the truth. It's revealed in faith. It's also something that we need to keep in mind and remember. That's why in this feast we remember. It's realized in our imaginations and in our creative. God has made you creative and He's going to give you opportunity day in and day out to do something for somebody and to bless someone and to change someone's life from the smallest... Thing, to a smile, to blessing them with some money or whatever it is. Praying with somebody. He's going to give you those opportunities and then ultimately it's about people, isn't it? A vision is about people. It's about love. It's about communication. It's about community. God has given us a vision. I want to give you just a few things that God has given us a vision for this morning. Number one, he's given us a vision of himself. He has. You say, where is he? Let me tell you where he is. He's in the person of Christ. That's how he's revealed himself to us. In the person of Jesus Christ. If you want to know God the Father, if you want to know the Holy Spirit, then know Jesus Christ because that's the way he's revealed himself to the world. You remember back in the days of Moses. Back in the days of Moses in Exodus chapter 33, Moses got this crazy idea and he said, Lord, let me see your glory. He was asking for something kind of crazy, wasn't he? And the Lord said, you can't behold my face. You can't look upon me. And in fact, when I pass by, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover your face and put your face in the cleft of the rock. And when my glory passes over, you can see my backside, whatever that means. (laughs) And it says that God declared Himself to Moses, and Moses saw something, and it says in Exodus 34, then the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, and there proclaimed the name of the Lord, and the Lord passed Before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children of the third and fourth generations. So Moses made haste and bowed his head towards the earth and worshiped. And he said, if now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us. Isn't that interesting? Let the Lord go among us. Fast forward to John chapter 1. John says, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Moses didn't get to see the face of God. But Jesus has revealed the Father to us. It says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory as of the glory of the only begotten. God has revealed Himself in the Son. In fact, it says in Colossians 1.15 that He is the image, image, of the invisible God. If you want to know God, you have to know Jesus. That's where the vision is. Number two, God has given us a vision of human dignity. Why are you free? Why do you have freedom? Why do you have a choice in anything? It's because God has gifted that to you. You're not free because America has made you free. You're free because God has made you free. Genesis 1, 26, it says, Let us make man in our image. You bear the image of God in your soul because He's made you with a choice. You know what? If I had a $100 bill on me, and I crumbled it. Disney got the $100 bill, so I don't have one. It was only a dollar, Mickey Mouse. But if I had a $100 bill and I crumbled it up and stomped on it, and I picked it up and i say, does anybody want this $100 bill? Who would want it? It looks like everybody in the building would want it. Why? Because no matter what it looks like, No matter what's happened to it, it still bears the image of the United States of America and therefore, what? It's still valuable. And no matter what you look like or what you've gone through, you bear the image of God. And that's human dignity. You're important to God because He has loved you and you bear His image on your soul. And no person, no government, no job, No anybody can take that from you. I heard a story this week about a little kid, and he found his parents' stash of money. Luckily, we don't have any that my kid can find, but there was $1,000, $1,000 that this kid found, and they had showed this kid how to operate the shredder in the home office. So they couldn't find the $1000 in the secret place. But they found it in the shredder box, shredded up. You know what the amazing thing was? That they put it in a in a Ziploc bag and they were told that if they mailed it to the right address to the United States government that eventually the United States government would mail them back their $1000. Even though it was unrecognizable, even though it was shredded. and Sometimes our lives may feel like they're shredded. But let me tell you, you still bear the image of God in your life. And God loves you and He can put you back together. He can restore you. He can heal you. He can give you vision and sight. God's also given us a vision of the kingdom of God of what His kingdom's about. And His kingdom is about freedom. His kingdom is about salvation. His kingdom is about restoration. If you look at Matthew 13, go home and read it. It gives you a vision of the kingdom of God. And at one point He says, the kingdom of God is like a treasure. And that when you discover the treasure that is the kingdom of God, you're willing to go sell everything that you have once you know it. Once you encounter Christ, once you know God, once you know the kingdom, everything else pales in comparison. It's like a pearl of great price, he says. That when you discover that truth and that knowledge of who God is and how much He loves you, you sell everything. That we have been delivered from the power of darkness, he says, and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son that we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. That's the kingdom of God. It's the reign of God in your life. And lastly, God has given us a vision for the future of eternity. I want you to read with me Revelation chapter 21. And I want you to put out of your mind all the things that you hear about and that you know about. And I want you to read what the future holds. 21 22, But I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. And the Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And there shall be by no means entering into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the lamb's book of life that's the future that's the vision that god has given to us and it's our job as christians to have that vision too and to share that vision. I know that this world isn't what it's supposed to be like, but one day it will be different. And it can be different here today starting with us. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. That's the prayer. And so today, God has a vision for you. God has a vision of Himself through Jesus Christ. God has a vision of human dignity That you can't get anywhere else. God has a vision of His kingdom and of eternity that He wants you to have. It's yours if you want it. And it's true. It's a vision of purpose and eternal meaning. It's a fellowship of love. It is an answer to right now and a promise to the world to come. It's the kingdom of God. There's nothing like it. If you're not a Christian today, then you're blind. You're blind. You don't see what's in front of you. You don't see that God is providing a way. That God wants you to be saved. That God wants you to know His goodness and His mercy and His love and His plan and His vision. He wants us to obey Him. Or maybe you're a Christian and you've lost that vision. We want to encourage you. Or if you have a desire for prayer, for encouragement, or for healing, we're going to sing this next song to encourage you. So if you have any need, won't you come now as together we stand and as we sing.